want to be empowered with the Holy Spirit? Are you in need of an uplifting message? It's time for today's Uplift, encouraging words and biblical truths to help you find freedom in the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, guys. So, an atheist and a religious person. No, I'm just kidding. This is not a joke. But that's what my week was like last week when you guys were, I got to tell you, you talked for like 50 minutes, but man, you kept my interest the entire time. It was really good. Last week was really good. But anyway, while I was away, I was with um, a couple other guys that get together with these guys every year in Deep Creek, Maryland. We play video games. We play board games. We sit around a fire. We talk. And a couple of them are atheists. And then there's one guy that is agnostic. And then there's a guy that, well, I'm not sure what he is. It depends on what year it is. Because when I first got there this past week, he said, hey, I'm an agnostic. You know, in conversation, something about me being an agnostic. I thought, well, I thought he was an atheist last year. Then later on in the week, he was an atheist again. So he's searching. <laughs> he's definitely searching. He grew up Catholic, uh, went to a Catholic school, and he says that's why he's atheist, because he got soured on um, what he was taught. So anyway, uh, younger guy too, younger than us anyway. But uh, the other guy I, I talked to was on the opposite extreme. He, he grew up in the church. But you could tell he was very religious. And um, he told me, I'm trying to get this exactly right. He said, my faith is hope in hope and helping others. I said, is your faith not in God? Well, yes, of course. But my, my belief is in that you find hope in helping others. Like, okay. So I knew that I wanted to engage him in that conversation a little more. Well, it turned out that I had both of them together sitting by the fire. And and the atheist says, well, I believe that all you got to do is just be a really good person. And if there is a heaven, then I'll get there from being good. And I said, okay, let me stop you there for a minute. By whose standard? Everybody goes, oh. And he goes, that's why I like talking to you, Phil. I'm an atheist, but I like talking religion with you. I'm like, Okay, you don't want to talk to me, buddy. <laughs> but anyway, so I got to talk to the, the religious guy a lot more later in the evening. And I kept trying to, I, I was like, God, if he would just give me five minutes, I can make sure he truly grasps the concept of gospel. Because he's so close. He's got faith. But I'm not sure if it's in Jesus. And it was concerning me. Well, anyway... I kept waiting for that, just that five minutes. I even said to him, can I just have five minutes to tell you what I believe? And as soon as I said, I started with um, the Garden of Eden. Yeah, I read that. Okay. I said, did you read the whole Bible? No, I just read that part and I read a little bit in the New Testament. I, I don't understand it. So then I started start, trying to talk to him again and, you know, about how sin came into the world. And, and then in God's plan from the beginning, I said, you know, we, he... God told Eve that your offspring will strike, he will strike your heel and you, he, your offspring will crush his head. He's like, okay. And I said, well, that's Jesus. Yeah, I know about Jesus. He kept cutting me off. And finally, I, I said, God, I, I'm not getting through. So what's going on? And the Lord spoke to me and said, neither one of these two is surrendered to me. 
And I thought, wow, it about floored me. I mean, I, I could see the atheist guy not surrendering. He's seeking. He believes. He's not an atheist. He really does believe. He just doesn't know what to believe. And the other guy is so certain of his belief that he's blinded by it. And neither one of them are surrendered to God. But I believe someday they will be, both of them. But that just has gotten me thinking a lot lately about surrender. And today I, I came across Psalm 37, verse 5. And it says, if you trust in God, he will act on your behalf. That's summarized, basically. But when you trust in God, he will act. And I thought, there it is. That's surrender. You know, it's important to surrender to God because it says, I trust you, God, not myself. I believe you, not what I see and hear around me. And you're putting your faith in someone you can't see, but you know he's real. And when you surrender to God, he does act. He does guide you and give you this abundant life. So I thought we could talk about that tonight. What do you think? I think that's a good idea. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, no, I think it's a terrible idea, Phil. Let's, <laughs> let's do something else. <laughs> no, it's good. Yeah. And I'm gonna so, blow, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. No, I was going to say, I'm going to blow your mind and say, I, I I believe most Christians probably don't surrender to God either. But, you know, I I would say that really, too. Yeah. Robert says that too. Yeah. I right. Because, yeah. and I even, it caused me to ask God, is there are there areas of my life that I have not fully surrendered? And I got an answer, yes. And we're mm. working on that. And I am trying to surrender it all to him now because it, it's really been a pretty amazing since then, this past week, since since I asked that question that night, because God's showing me things and I'm taking it to him and and trying to fully surrender. And, and you're absolutely right, Chad. I mean, there are a lot of people that don't understand that concept. So it's probably going to be a sermon. That's what happens as pastors, right? That, that, that right. Everything becomes a sermon, right? When right. God shows us something, we're like, that's a sermon, right? That's, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so, uh, that's why people are scared to talk to pastors, because they're going to be mentioned in a sermon somewhere. <laughs> so, but like, uh, so yeah, so like surrender. I, I think to, to Chad's point, if you're a believer that's like the whole journey with Jesus is learning how to give yourself completely over to God, mm -hmm. you know, because that's really what Jesus does. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and the famous place that he does, this is the garden of Gethsemane, right? He, he, it, we often refer to it theologically as the kenosis, right? The, the emptying of himself. That's what Philippians tells us that he emptied himself. He didn't consider himself to be equal, right? Like, even though he mm -hmm. is very God of very God, he still humbles himself to obedience to the father. Mm -hmm. uh, and so you have this, you have this emptying in the garden of Gethsemane where he's under such stress. He's even bleeding through his pores, mm -hmm. but it's, it's all about the father's will. And I, and I think like, I think the problem is that believers are in a situation where they've got to learn to surrender their entire life that it really is all about the father mm -hmm. and, and hardly ever about us. Right. I, I think uh, it's kind of like uh, we treat, we treat uh, religion like, like Burger King, 
And uh, and no, we're not sponsored by Burger King. But I'm just <laughs> no, saying, we're not. <laughs> so I'm just saying Burger King's motto is have it your way right away. But we mm. kind of adopt that for God, right? Like, oh, God wants to give it to me my way right away. And that is like completely against God's motto. Like he does, he rarely does it our way, if ever, if at any point. And he never mm-hmm. does it right away. It's usually something we wait on. Mm-hmm. So the scripture warns us to surrender, do it God's way. And then it also warns us to wait on the Lord. Because <laughs> we mm-hmm. don't want to do either. Right? Like We don't want to do either of those things. And, and I think a lot of times, again, talking about believers, that's where that's where the rubber meets the road is learning that surrender. And then if mm. you're not a believer, you have a situation, you know, kind of referring to, you know, you were talking about the two the couple of worldviews these guys had. I have taken the time. I used to actually teach worldviews. There's really only six worldviews that people have. Everything flows into those six worldviews, six different ways people view the world. Well, they, they're coupled. They're coupled because they're similar. And so agnostics and atheists are very similar. Matter of fact, agnostics are often atheists in disguise. Because mm-hmm. you never never meet an agnostic. Because an agnostic is supposed to say, well, we can't know. Like, we just can't know. Well, but you never see them lean toward the positive side of, well, that means God could exist. They're always mm-hmm. leaning to the negative side of God doesn't exist. So they're really like atheists in disguise, right? Saying what we can't possibly know. But there's always issues with different worldviews. Then you have pantheists, pantheists, panentheists, and then deists and theists. And so Hmm. those are like your six views in the world. And you're always dealing with somebody from one of those viewpoints. And, you know, I I always often say it like this too. Atheists, one, you, you rarely find a true atheist. A mm-hmm. true atheist is somebody who doesn't believe in anything supernatural at all. I don't believe in angels, demons, God, nothing. When they, when they die, they're dirt, right? That's what they believe. And it's rare to find a true atheist. Because usually you find an atheist who has morals. Mm-hmm. Exactly, if yeah. If you believe in an absolute, right, a, a right and a wrong, then then all of a sudden it goes back to your question, right? Well, what's, whose standard are we going by here? Right, right. Like, right. You know, because if I go over to an atheist, punch him in the face, he's going to say, hey, you can't do that. That's wrong. Well, wait a second. Well, by whose standard, right? Right. Are you making up a standard that I'm supposed to follow? Because as an atheist, you don't have the right to tell me your morality, right? And so you have a lot of issues going on there. And so most people also, as far as I can tell, no one's actually born an atheist. You can go up to any child and, and they believe in higher beings, they believe mm-hmm. in God. They believe because everything's bigger than them, right? Every <laughs> they, they are amazing in faith. They everything's bigger. They'll even believe in stuff that's not actually real. So, you know, you have all this kind of stuff going on, but something happens in their life where they choose it. They choose mm-hmm. that world. Right. And so you have those kind of things. And so with regard to surrender, there is they've got to learn to surrender their humanism and their own ideas that are actually um, contradictory, that they have to, they have to submit themselves to a truth system that actually isn't work that they may not want to agree with, but it's still there anyway. Hmm. 
because God placed it there. And that kind of goes back to C.S. Lewis's moral argument, you know, like, you know, morals exist. What are you going to do with them? You know, because it really points to the fact that God exists. And then it tells you who that God is based on the moral. Right. Right. So there's, right. So, they, so there's kind of like we're all at levels of surrender. And the question is, what are you supposed to be surrendering? So that that's, you know, this book here, um, Chad asked me to read it. He told me it was really good. And I finished it, Chad, by the way. Good. And in this book, I mean, it's excellent. I highly recommend this book by Greg Moore, Your Healing Door. Anyway, in there, he, he, he really gives a lot of examples of Jesus surrendering to the Father because uh, Jesus healed people in different ways. He, he listened to God. You know, spit on the ground, make some mud, put it on the guy's eyes. Just touch. He, I think it was Peter's mother-in-law. Touched her hand. Fever went away. Um, just, just stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. And your faith has healed you. Go. And it is as you say. So all kinds of different ways that Jesus healed because he was surrendered to God and listening to God. So you know, and you kind of touched on this a little bit, Robert. But yeah, even Jesus, fully God but fully man surrendered to the will of the father. And, you know, you rightfully said it a couple of weeks ago, Chad, when you said that um, Jesus only did what God told him to do. And that's absolutely true because he was surrendered. So what I'm getting at here is the importance of surrender. And yeah, the question still is, what do we surrender? But I mean, I believe that's something that God will tell you, but if you don't do it in a way you're saying, I know better than you, God, and I don't know better than God. I don't know about mm. you guys. No, I'm just kidding. I know you don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say, start, you know, first Peter five, uh, seven, cast your cares or anxieties upon him. And, and yeah. so th to me, that's a great starting point. Because that's, and, and that's, usually we fail at step one. At least I have my whole life yeah. for the most part. I've failed at step one because what do I do? I got this, you know, this anxiety, I got it. I can deal with it. I, I can handle these situations. Um, I don't need to bother God with it. You know, like I, I can figure this out. I got it. No, no, wrong. So, as far that's the way I look at surrender is, you know, it's all encompassing. I mean, the old hymn in our hymnal, it says, I surrender all. Mm -hmm. And that's back to Robert's point. But my point is, we don't even get step one, which to me is to cast our, our daily cares upon him and the things that bother us. And, you know, there was a great teaching that, that Greg Moore also had. Uh, and, and, you know, Phil, you'd shared this video with me. Mm -hmm. um, it's from, it was April 19th of 2023 at Karis Bible College. And in this video, Greg Moore says, you know, if we don't cast our cares upon God, we're, we're blinded by them and we're blocking God and the, the spirit from, we're entrapping or imprisoning the spirit within us. It, it it can't get out of us. It, it can't get into our flesh. It can't, you know, 
And then all sorts of other things happen as well, like our soul's out of control and we have the anxiety and all those sorts of things. And there's a big, long teaching he gave that I listened to again today. I listened to it several times, but and it talks about when your soul is in chaos, God can't do anything for you. You know, no matter what your situation is, when your soul is in chaos, that's step one is cast your cares upon him in terms of surrender from where I see it. And then from there on, you can build yourself, you know, not build yourself up, but you could be built up to, to, to go greater in your relationship with him. And, and back to your point where he will guide you and say, okay, I want you to surrender this next, you know? So, mm-hmm. it, it, and it's a path. It, it's mm-hmm. a, it's a, it's a journey Mm-hmm. of what he'll do but the step one is is you can't your soul and your mind can't be in chaos or else he can't do anything for you or he will you know he's not going to do anything for you until you uh reach a, a level of peace with him to where you can even hear what he's trying to say to you yeah that relates that relates back to what we talked about last week with uh the spies that refused, like, so they, they melted the heart of the people. Mm. So the 10 spies melted the entire heart mm-hmm. of like the time and, and it, this fear came in them. And it was really a moment where they were supposed to surrender to God's will in spite of the situation. Like in spite mm-hmm. of what they're seeing, God's asking them to do something and they just refused. Right. And so, what God actually says about that generation is that they could not enter his rest. They were unable to because of the decision they had made. And I think, I think that's the danger that we, we can make is if we're not surrendering to the father, we're not going to have his rest. We're not going to have his peace. Like it just it just won't exist in our life because we're too right. busy spinning the plates, right? Mm-hmm. And we're going to spin the plates until we can't spin them any longer. And I think God is basically saying, "Look, I never told you to spin the plates, right? I, I'm the one that's controlling this thing." And sometimes I think He just lets us go ahead and keep going mm-hmm. until mm-hmm. we just realize it's just too much. <laughs> Like yeah. it's not it's not the plan and it's too much. And then so God's like, Are you tired yet? Like are you, are you you know, you can't enter my rest this way, right? Like you you the only way to do this. So it, it's interesting to me that and, and I was thinking about this throughout the week, Jesus was busy, but never in a hurry. Mm-hmm. He was a very busy guy, very famous. Lots of people always around him, but he always prioritized time with the father. That he didn't let anyone stand in the way of that. That was something, you know, that took precedence and priority. And, and so I think, you know, we really have to learn from Jesus on what it is to surrender to the father. And I think about like, it begins with his temptation you know, in Matthew 4, before Jesus ever starts his ministry, he submits himself to a temptation where he allows the enemy to tempt him. And he does the thing nobody wants to do. And he fasts for a long period of time. Matter of fact, he was probably at starvation levels. 
So mm-hmm. if he's if he's going 40 after 30 days of fasting, your body is starting to eat everything left, right? It's it's eating itself. And I kind of have a theory that the reason angels came and ministered to him on top of that mount that he was at is because he wouldn't have had the strength to come down. Mm. And so they minister to him right there. I think Jesus fasted almost unto death. Mm-hmm. The enemy still tempting him and tempting him. And yet Jesus still follows the father. So he wasn't willing for the flesh to rule life. He was only willing for the will of the father to do this. And he took himself already to the place of like this point of death where he gets tempted in every way like we could be tempted, right? He gets tempted with the pride of life, lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh. First John 3, 16. There's only three ways we could ever be tempted. Jesus was tempted in every way like we were, but submits to the Father. Mm-hmm. He even shows us how to do that. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think I think we just have to take these lessons from Christ. Like, what does this look like? What does it look like to live that way? Now, I don't think we're going to be as extreme as probably fasting 40 days. But I think he's showing us you can submit to the Father. You can surrender. And you mm-hmm. will find rest. Right? Like, you, it will, it will, you know, define what you need it to define in your life. You know, you said something about spinning plates. One of the most significant things I ever heard God say to me, and it was at a time when I wasn't really hearing God. I was hearing, but I didn't, wouldn't say, go around saying, hey, God spoke to me, you know, because I wasn't sure what was going on. But I was, and I think I've told you this before, Chad, I was working on my garage door and it was broken and I'm trying to fix it. And finally, I just give up and I say, God, I just can't do this anymore. You're going to have to help me. And I hear in my head, finally. Finally, one word, finally, he was waiting for me to surrender what I couldn't do on my own. And by golly, that garage door was fixed within a half hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm still amazed that I got it fixed. Well, I know he helped me, obviously, but I had spent a couple hours trying to fix it, trying to line it up and because it got all out of balance and everything. And half hour later, because I, I surrendered. Mm-hmm. And I've had some rest after that in him. Mm-hmm. And, but, you know, no matter, I, I know there's probably somebody listening tonight who's saying, but how do I do it? How do I surrender? What's that mean? And really it's, it starts with a prayer. Like you said, Chad, you cast your anxieties, your concerns on him. Just say, God, I need you. I want to surrender. I, I mean, I don't know how to surrender. Show me. He just put it all on him. That's what he's looking for. That's what surrender is. It's not saying, I already know better. And it's not saying, well, I believe that I just have to be good or, you know, whatever it may be, or any of these worldviews, like you said, Robert, it's give it to God fully. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It makes a huge difference. And everybody can do it. Mm-hmm. I think we've got but- to let go of our performance-driven ideas. Yeah, because that's not that's yeah. not what's motivating the Lord for us. Right? Oh, He's yeah. not waiting for our performance to somehow make us worthy or somehow like like He's impressed with it. Like you know, oh, yeah. good job, you did great on that. Like, <laughs> yeah. He's He's not what? doing those kind of things. But you know, but we grow up we like that, though. We grow yeah. up like that. We, we, you know, like, I remember coming home on my dad's birthday and 
1983. I can't remember how old he was, probably in his 20s, maybe 30s. But anyway, I come home on his birthday in 1983 and I say, look, dad, I won spelling bee today. I still remember that. I still have that little piece of paper somewhere over here where it said I won the spelling bee. I was trying to show my dad, hey, be proud of me. And of course he was. But and then, you know, all that I got from my dad because, hey, it was my birthday and you did this on my birthday and I'm proud of you. And we turn that into to trying to please God that way, too. And God's not doesn't want that. He wants us to just say, here am I. Send me. Yeah, and there, there, there's a lot that goes with that, and and you know that's when the deliverance and the miracles and that sort of mm-hmm. thing start to come when you when you truly do surrender to Him, and and most of us don't because it's we don't want to give up that control. Mm-hmm. You know, Robert and I were talking, um, just the two of us there a couple of weeks ago about you know anxiety that runs in our family, and and Robert's like, well, it's because you know our family has this issue, uh, we'll call it a stronghold, of control. We want to control everything. We want everything to go our way. And we want this and we want that. And we don't want to relinquish that control. But, you know, we'll live in full-blown anxiety for our entire lives and everything else that comes along with that, just so we can keep that control. But that's really a lie of the enemy. You know, I mean... The, the point was that we don't control 99.9% of the things that go on in this world. We don't have any control over. But boy, we, we believe that lie that we do. And then therefore, we don't give, uh, we don't surrender to God because it's like, mm, he might not do it the way that I want this done. And I know that this, it should be done this way. Yeah. Right. I, you know, that, that person really needs to do this. So, yeah. you know, I'm going to convince that person that they need to do this over here or whatever. And it's a it's right. a lie of the enemy that we buy into. It is. If you think about if you think about it this way, see, this is this is what kind of set me free when I was like I had to every time I have to relinquish something to the Lord. Right. Surrender, laying it down, saying, OK, God, I'm not going to pick it up. Uh, and that, by, by the way, that's what we see in worship. Right. The uplifted hands is the universal sign of surrender. Right. Yeah. Yeah, uh, the cops will say, "Hey, put your hands up." <laughs> Why? Because that's that's I surrender. I, I never I thought of that stop. before. That's but, good. So you're surrendering <laughs> to authority, right? And yeah. so, so we don't like to do that, right? Like, okay, but that's here's the thing that I notice in my life. It's a myth, and and it's really an issue of pride. But it mm-hmm. is a myth to think that we have independence. It's a great American mentality, right? We always want to be independent. And we think in our mind, that's where freedom is. That's when I'm independent of everything. That's when I'm free. And that's, that is never in the playbook. Like that's, that's never correct. It's Mm -hmm. a myth. It's actually a lie from the enemy. Mm -hmm. The enemy is the one who tried to be independent. Right. And Mm -hmm. all that does Mm -hmm. is corrupt. That's all it does. And so he, now he tries to get us to be independent, shows how great it is, right? And here's and here's reality. No one can be independent, truly independent of God. We depend on him for our very breath. Mm-hmm. We cannot be, we don't have, we don't sustain our own life. Mm-hmm. We cannot be truly independent. So what does that mean? This is Surrender. the truth. 
when I, when I, yes, when I surrender to God, in other words, when I realize how dependent I am, that's not going to cause weakness. That's not going to cause bondage. That's going to where, where my real freedom and strength lies. Hmm. And we just don't realize it. We think independence is the way. And the reality is that's not where your real strength and where your real power and empowerment is going to come from. It's going to come from re the realization that you depend on the Lord. Mm -hmm. It's just that simple. And when you do that, what well, we were like, Chad was talking about the control. What you're doing is you're, you're slowly letting go of the control going, okay, God, I am completely dependent on you. And you're going to find a strength there that, like you never knew existed because all of a sudden you're doing exactly what you were designed to do, mm. which is surrender. It is surrender. See, it's, Adam, it's awesome. Adam and Eve, right? They either go after the fruit or after the leaves. So they're either going after what they desired or they're going after a performance driven idea. And neither one of those is the Lord. Mm. Both mm. of those are about your independence. I'm right. choosing what I want, or I'm choosing to cover myself. Neither one is the Lord. Right? That's and good. And he asked them those questions. Well, where are you? Right? Where are you with me? And then the other one is, well, who told you that? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. He's always asking us those two questions because it's, it's we're trying to, we always keep trying to sew our fig leaves together. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're embarrassed. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. Well, hey guys, this was a great conversation tonight. We're, we're just about at the half hour mark here and uh, probably a good time to, to pull up for tonight, but uh, it, it's, they've been really good lately. The conversations have been great. Um, so I hope everybody that watched it enjoyed it. You know, um, I certainly enjoyed being part of it and makes me think a little bit more about surrender too. Yeah. And and we when you're here, Phil, we surrender to your play clock. <laughs> Last it. week we went like 50 minutes. Last yeah. week we went 50 minutes. Yeah. Now we're gonna we're 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 surrendering to the referee with his play clock. <laughs> Phil needs a I'm whistle. Gonna, I'm gonna you start need a whistle. Science says two minute warning. Yeah, we need a play clock. That's right. We, yeah, we need a play oh, clock. Man. I'm going to get a <laughs> clock and put it behind me so yeah. you guys can see it. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Well, hey, next but, week, um, well, this week, happy Mother's Day to, yeah. to all the mothers out there. Um, we adore you. We enjoy all that you've done for us. And thank you for everything. So happy Mother's Day this coming weekend. And uh, next week, we're going to have a special episode. Um, episode 100 next week so we're not sure yet what we're going to do but we'll do something we'll make it good hard to believe it's been we've been doing this for two years now mm -hmm. two years so yeah through yeah. the pandemic so, yeah we did it through the pandemic didn't we yeah yeah or at least yeah, part did. of it yeah actually that's why you came on chad was because uh ian had covid that's right and you came on for several weeks while he was close to death. And, um, you know, I remember I still I should save this for next week, but I still remember you sitting there with papers 
and you read mm-hmm. from the paper and I'm, I'm saying he's not going to have those papers long and look at you now man just throwing out all this wisdom so, yeah. praise god <laughs> he surrendered when i feel yeah when i when i fill in for you though on sunday mornings i still have my papers but hey that's okay it's okay yeah. it's okay that's okay yep i i started out with papers and i don't use them anymore so. that's right well in god 20 more good. years in 20 more years i won't either <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> 18 or uh, whatever, but who's counting? You know. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> who's counting? All right, guys. Well, All thanks right. for being a part of this tonight. Thank you, audience, for joining in. We pray that you get a lot out of it and surrender to God. Yep. As we surrender to the time clock. <laughs> yep. All right. We'll see you happy guys Mother's next Day. week. Yep. Yeah, happy Mother's Day. See you next happy week. Good night. Night.